Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Evangelist Greg Murchison from Fort Fairfield, Maine. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Thank you, Angel. It's a pleasure to be here uh, in this exciting uh, time in, in, in the world. And today I'd like to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ, what Christ has asked us to do. And uh, this is uh, something that people seem to uh, forget about, put on the back burner, uh, don't seem to understand the importance of spreading the gospel. And as we look at Christianity today, um, there are startling statistics out there that concern the condition uh, of the, the gospel throughout the world. Uh, we know that 65% of the people of this planet have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, there are still a thousand tribes with no missionaries, and out of the 2,974 languages in the world, only 1,185 have a Bible. Uh, very, very startling. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ gave to his church its marching orders, which were, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, he said. Um, there have been many great commissions in the history of our country, but the greatest commission of all time was Christ's order to the church to go. The commission that Jesus gave was greater than all others combined, both in its conception and in its results. It is couched in very simple language and is free from all flashy fields such as we usually have attached to modern commissions. It takes only a half a minute to read it, and the most humble person can understand it without legal assistance. This commission I'm talking about is the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18-20, and it states this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Uh, a commission that he puts out to all of us, uh, not just a few, not just a select few, but to all of us. And he states, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, and then followed with the Great Commission, which I've just read, unto the world. It's from this commission that every Christian worker derives his authority. We all have the authority to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, when the apostles had first come and Jesus commanded them to go, we have come in this generation and stopped short, but Jesus says to go. A little word, but wrapped up in this little word is the whole sum and substance of Christ's gospel. Well, Greg, I want to ask you, what is the difference of an office of an evangelist like Evangelist Billy Graham and everyone's responsibility to share the gospel? That's a good question, Angel. Uh, the office of evangelism is a calling or gift or uh, that God has or anoints to people. And that is to go out and uh, generally organize uh, conferences, revivals, speak to groups, speak to uh, churches, and spreading the gospel and always giving that uh, offer, that invitation for an altar call to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In the Great Commission, uh, what Jesus is saying to us, um, go out, we're out there every day, all of us, 
uh, we're in the world, we're at work, at our workplace, at our home. Um, we need to be aware of those people out there that have not been saved, uh, that don't know Jesus Christ and may want to know Jesus Christ. And that commission that Christ gave us, that great commission, is to teach these people or tell these people the gospel. Tell these people the good news about God, the good news of Jesus coming. Uh, let them know that there is an answer. And that's done on a daily basis. It can be done in different ways. People look at this and say, well, how do I do this? A good way to talk about Jesus or talk about the gospel is give your personal testimony. Uh, what did uh, Jesus do or what happened in your life? What did God do when he touched your heart to bring you to Christ and what it's done for you afterwards? So uh, the everyday person, just to let people know what is happening in their life and what can happen in somebody else's life. Amen. So tell us some more. Give us some more okay. nuggets about evangelism. Okay. Well, we look at today that uh, there are two conceptions of the condition of man's fallen nature. Some assert that human nature is radically good and may rise to its highest excellence independent of God. But the Christian declares that human nature is radically bad and the power to purify it and elevate it is in Christ and Christ alone. The power to suppress vice and develop virtue is not in man or of man, but outside of man, higher than man, and we know that. It must be in Christ. However, today there are statesmen who assume that the human government is a remedy to the world's dilemma. They assume that uh, inasmuch as vice and crime flow from ignorance and poverty, that virtue could issue from knowledge and competency. And this, this is very wrong, but we look at that and say, uh, we, can, we can do this by just pushing our values, our government values, onto other nations, and they should flow the way we flow, and that's not it. The Bible says that by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. What the law could not do in that it was weak, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh. We all agree that one form of government may be better than another, but all forms of government have been inadequate to suppress vice and give universal prevalence to virtue. Rome was no more pure under Cyril than it was under Nero. History proves that in their origin, vice and virtue lie beyond the reach and scope of civil law. And yet there are many people today who believe that the American democracy should be imposed upon nations throughout the world and that our democracy should be the cure-all for all the world's ills. And it isn't. Our democracy is not the cure-all. Our democracy works for us. It can work for other countries. But it's also based upon God. It's based upon uh, Jesus. It's based upon the Word. It's not just based upon our democracy. And so, uh, government is certainly going to fall like a rope of sand if unsupported by the moral sentiment of people. You know, and our moral sentiment in this country comes from Christianity, accepted and practiced every day. When this Christianity disappears, the moral sentiment that shapes our nation's goals will disappear with it, you know. And that's important for people to understand that, that we have to continue. Uh, 74 to 80% of us in the United States profess to be Christians. We have to have Christianity in our lives today if we are going to keep our morale or morality up. Um, we have people that claim that the remedy for our vices is to be found in a wise universal system of education. 
education is very, very important. But uh, the opinion that man will be made pure and happy by intellectual culture and mental repose is false. Uh, governments today are spending millions to educate the illiterate of the earth, supposing that the education is the answer to all problems that man faces. The theories of these people are reduce the physical to the minimum, develop the intellectual to the maximum, and you get virtual. Virtue, excuse me. Wisdom, however, does not say Solomon from vice, Lincoln from bribery, or Byron from immorality. Art and education may refine the taste, but it can't purify the heart and forgive sin and regenerate the individual. It's not simple education and civilization today that the world is wanting, but civilization will, with enlightened conscience. This can only be accomplished by regeneration. We need to replace deception with honesty and drive out prejudices and put in the golden rule. Um, we have to do this through the acceptance of acceptance. We have to do this with the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our personal Savior uh, in the society today. All of us. This is why we say that missions, the gospel missionary, has greater power in foreign nations than all the billions in education that we're spending today, which is so true. We have to get that word out there. We have to get the gospel out there. You can stick a public school and a university in the middle of every block of every city in America, and you'll never keep America from rotting morally by mere intellectual education. I seriously doubt if education can be properly called education which neglects the most important part of man's nature any more than the organist can bring out the full power of his instrument if he refuses to strike the bass keys. I sincerely believe that partial education throughout the world is far worse than none at all if we only educate the mind without the soul. Here in this country right now we have thousands of foreign students studying at our universities and colleges. We are building their minds while starving their souls. These very same young people and women are going back to their nation to someday turn upon us with the very tools we've given them because we gave them no moral balance and restraint. To think of civilizing the heathen countries without converting them is about as wise to think about transforming them into lambs merely by washing them and putting them a fleece of wool. We think today a lot of times in our country that we can <clears throat> solve all the problems of the world by giving money. We call it charity. Charity is very important. But today we give away billions. This modern philosophy has sympathy for human conditions, but not for human nature. There are many millions throughout the world who are receiving American aid that are beginning to hate it. They call us suckers. And why is that? Well, we're giving them physical aid without spiritual aid. Modern American philanthropy is weak inasmuch as it seeks a temporary relief and not a radical cure which comes through a personal knowledge of Jesus Christ. An angel of the Bible tells us that we are not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The word translated power is a Greek word for dynamite. This spirit, the spirit, declares that the gospel is God's dynamite. History confirms that the statement that it is able to save anyone who believes. Thus far in the history, no soul has ever been found so dark or so foolish that it could not be enlightened by the gospel. 
Present your bodies in a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service, says the Bible. Materialism can see nothing in our own bodies but laboratory analysis. But the Bible, with stern rebuke, exclaims, What? Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is one of God's offices. And we have to understand that, that our body is the temple. You know, God uh, provides for man's intellect. It stimulates his intellect to the highest activity. It commands the complete education of all of his intellectual powers. The Bible declares, gird up the loins of your mind. It opens before a regenerated man a whole universe of truth. And the gospel also provides for man's sensibilities. Let not your heart be troubled. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, says Jesus. This is what humanity needs. Humanity wants comfort in its sorrow, a light in its darkness, peace in its turmoil, rest in its weariness, and its healing in its sickness and disease. The gospel gives all this to man. Very, very, very important. Amen. And it makes me think of that scripture in Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and he healeth thee. God's word is alive. It's active. And it is food for the soul, isn't it, Greg? It is food for the soul. And, and the challenge today, Angel, is to have people understand that this, like I said, the gospel is not complicated. The gospel is there for everybody. And Jesus said, you know, um, that just go out and tell the world. Give people the opportunity to, to, to accept him. And I'd like to go on and say that, you know, the gospel provides the only satisfaction in the universe for man's spiritual nature. The gospel recognizes the tremendous fact of sin and purposes an adequate remedy. It does not evade the age-old question, what must I do to be saved by saying there's no need for salvation? It doesn't evade that. It doesn't take a man out of the pit by telling him that he is not bad. It, does not, it doesn't take the sting of a man's conscience by taking away the conscience itself. It does not haunt men. It shows them that their wounds and brings them to love. It shows them, them, bondage, shows them bondage and brings them the hammer to knock away their chains. It shows them nakedness and brings them the garments of purity. It shows them their poverty, and it pours into the lives of wealth of heaven. It shows them their sins, and brings them to their Savior. And you know, um, we, I, I got to say again, we need to tell people this. We need to let them know that there is uh, salvation for them. Uh, there is forgiveness for their sins. Don't believe the lies that there isn't, because there is. And I, I say to all Christians today that uh, in addition to our billions, in addition to our scientists, in addition to our educators, that we send the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout. It has an answer to the men of Iran, the answer to the Egyptians, the people of Iraq, the answer to the Chinese uh, people. I have said this before that the, in China today, uh, Christianity is growing by leaps and bounds. And uh, no government, no man can stop it. When God decides, that's the way it's going to be. Uh, it's, a, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's made us great. Uh, but our leaders, we have to understand, can't go any further than our public opinion will allow. Our public opinion will not go any further than the individual. So it all boils down to you and me, people, and the world. We have to accept Christ. 
we haven't already, we have to become Christians. We have to say yes to Christ. And I just encourage people to make the decision for him today. Live for him. He is our Savior. You know, we all know the urgency to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. But realistically, let's proclaim it to our friends, you know, our co-workers, our family members, and all we come in contact with. We don't know when our time will come, or their time will come, or when Jesus will return. And I just challenge people today. Um, we're very familiar with lists. We have the honeydew list on the refrigerator. We have the grocery list. We have all of that. And I say today, let's let's make take a time. Let's make a list, two lists. Let's make a list of all your friends, your family, your co-workers that have been saved. And then let's make another list of the ones that haven't been saved, the ones that that list that don't know Jesus, uh, the ones that should know Jesus, and Make that list, and I want you to pray on that list, but then I want you to sit down and say, okay, how many on that unsaved list do I want them to be there if their time has come and they're not saved? If Jesus returns and they're not saved, do we want them on that unsaved list? And the answer is, of course we don't. They're our friends, our family, our co-workers. So our challenge is let's get as many off that unsaved list and put them on the save list. Let's bring them. All we have to do is spread the gospel. All we have to do is tell people about Jesus. God will soften their heart. God will bring them to Christ. And then we're there as the mentors, the pastors, uh, the teachers to help people along the way. And let them grow. Let them grow in the word. Let them grow in Christ. Show them uh, that there is hope. Show them that all those uh, demonic forces out there today that drive them down, depressions and addictions and everything else. There is an answer to all about that. And uh, we don't know when uh, Christ will return. And in Matthew 13, 32, it says, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So, you know, you touched on a few things of... It's only Christ and Christ alone that can regenerate a heart. That's right. And no man can do that. Our job is just to spread the gospel, to right. share our faith, share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And it's God himself That's right. that brings the increase. And people will say, well, I talked to my friends and they didn't come to Christ. They didn't accept it. Okay. We planted the seed. We planted the seed. Somebody may water that seed, but God will soften their heart and bring them to Christ. Now, he may soften their heart the minute you talk to them about Christ and the gospel. He may soften their heart a week, a month, a year down the road. All you've done is you've planted that hope in their mind. You showed them a way uh, to release them from all the bondages of life that can drive people down. You've given that, you've showed them through your testimony what Christ can do to somebody. You've showed them through your actions, the happiness, the joy that you have, uh, the willingness to help others. And then when the time comes, God will say, okay. And their heart will be softened and they will come back to you or somebody else or 
just get on their own knees and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to accept you as Lord and Savior. I'm ready to take my journey. And we have to understand that every journey is different. Some journey fast, some journey slow. A lot of us take a side road and get back on the main road. We're our own journey. The only joy, the hope, the love of all that is given by the Father comes through Jesus. As Jesus said, the only way to the Father is through me. Well, Greg, I want to ask you one more question. Wouldn't that take care of a lot of the issues that we have within the body of Christ? Um, if all the glory goes to God, if we could save no one, and it's all the work of the Father, wouldn't that cause a lot of, um, wouldn't that be the answer for a lot of problems that our churches face? It would be the end of a lot of problems our churches face. Um, churches today, um, beautiful churches out there, please, uh, I, I don't mean to say anything, but we have, uh, we have to understand that 80% of churches today do not evangelize. So we don't get out there. We don't reach those people, the unsaved. Uh, we certainly take care of the saved in churches. We have our sermons every Sunday. That is great. But that doesn't reach the people out there. Uh, we, If we reach those people, part of accepting Jesus, part of the love, there's a yearning then for fellowship. That yearning is put in their heart by God. That fellowship, we call it the church. Now some people think the church is a building. The church is the people, the saved, the Christians. That's the church. People want to then fellowship with other Christians. And when they do that, um, that takes care of a lot of the problems out there. Love overcomes everything. But we have to understand that love is not in everybody's mind. Hopelessness is out there a lot. We see it every day. Addictions, we see that every day. Just walk around. If we can present to the people what Jesus presented Somebody presented to us so that they can understand the, the love of Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Father. And they can fellowship in the churches. The churches will grow. And as the churches grow, the morality, the morals of the nation will grow. And this, this will all turn around. This will get back to uh, following the Word, following the Bible. And... Uh, we will get back to what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. Today, uh, a lot of times we're being taught and our kids are being taught that what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. And uh, unless somebody presents to them the truth, they're going to follow what they've been told. So let's tell them the truth. Amen. Well, we're out of time. Would you take a few minutes, um, Greg, and, and pray for our listeners. Pray that they would be bold in sharing their faith and... I believe it's harvest time. Pray for the harvest. Yes, thank you, Angel. Thank you. I say, Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the gift that changed the world forever. Jesus said at the cross, just before he gave up his spirit, it is finished, and it is. Father, we pray we will follow the instructions from Jesus in the Great Commission. We pray for the courage to approach our friends, neighbors, co-workers, and family and present the good news to them so they might have the opportunity to experience living their life with their Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, it is said that the only path to you is through your Son. And Father, today we pray that all will take a step today to begin their journey with Jesus. And we pray that in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. Well, thank you, Greg, and thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.